1: And welcome to Voices from the Battlefield, part of Waterly Remembered. The next extract in this series is from the Prussian perspective and is introduced by the historian Vanya Bellinger.
0: Karl von Clausewitz is known today as the West's most influential military thinker. His book on war is studied throughout service academies and international security seminars around the world. In the Waterloo campaign, Colonel von Clausewitz served as the chief of staff for the 3rd Prussian Army Corps, led by General Johann von Thielmann. The Corps saw the least action in the Battle of Ligny, that's June 16th, and covered the Prussian retreat after that. Thus, on June 18th, 3rd Corps did not leave with the rest of the Prussian Army for Waterloo, but was ordered to hold back a possible French assault by the town of Wavre. Here, the 15,000 men met Marshal Grouchy and his corps, numbering twice its size, all 30,000 troops, and prevented the French from coming to Napoleon's aid in Waterloo. Today, the Battle of Havre is largely forgotten. Yet, as Clausewitz's letter reveals, the great victory at Waterloo was the product of combined efforts by the Allies, and the enormous exertions and sacrifices of their troops. Although a decisive battle, Waterloo did not end the war immediately. But the Allies had to pursue the remains of the French army and face it once more at the gates of Paris. The letter I present you was written on the night of July 3rd. Immediately after Waterloo, Clausewitz sent only short notes informing his wife Marie that he was still alive. On the night of July 3rd, he finally found the time to write down the events from the preceding weeks. The letter contains various mistakes and topacities, Typical for reports composed too close to the events and with incomplete information, most notably claiming that Grouchy's corps consisted of 45,000 men. In reality, it had only 30,000 troops.
1: Karl von Klauswitz to his wife Marie. July 3rd 1815. Written at La Plessis Piquet. The 18th. The troops received no other food except meat, but hardly time for butchering and cooking. Imagine after such a march to be forced to carry wood and water from about two miles away and then cook for yourself. The headquarters of our corps was in a picturesque chateau, La Bavay. At noon Wellington's battle started. Early on the Prussian army had begun marching and arrived around 4pm on Wellington's left flank, who had taken his position in front of Bois-de-Soyne. Our corps was left behind to observe the position in Vav, i.e. to defend the Dahl River, and thus covering the road to Leuven, which the Prussian army wished to use for retreat in case of misfortune. Initially, not much was going on in Vav, and we were about to head to the main army as a reserve, when the appearance of a strong corps in front of Vav made us turn around. At 4pm, our battle started. The enemy wanted to force the Defile, but our position was so strong that he could never succeed. Around 8pm, the Great Battle was decided, Waterloo, without us learning about it. On our end, the battle continued late into the night. Namely, around 10 in the evening, one of the Defiles, which had been defended by some battalions from 2nd Corps, was abandoned by them without informing us. Thanks to it, the enemy entered our position and endangered our right flank. With his brigade, Stolpnagel had to attack at once at that point with a battle cry, where Tiedemann was wounded, but it was unsuccessful. The enemy held us off, and we turned into a mess. We had a hard time restoring order. The battle continued until midnight. We still didn't have any certainty about the obtained victory in Waterloo. At 2am, the 19th, at first light of day, Stolpnagel was attacked by the corps that had crossed over. I hurried to that point, and brought with me as many troops as I could spare from other locations. The combat heated fast and continued until 11 o'clock midday. At 10am we received a report from General von Persch, Commander of 2nd Corps, who informed us about the glorious victory and that he was about to cut off the corps facing us. However, the points he wished to do the cut off were so far away that this would not benefit us. Separated from the main army by the superior enemy, we were left on our own, and were facing 45,000 men under Van Damme and Grouchy. We could hold on for one hour more, but still no General von Persch in sight. Additionally, through an error I cannot possibly explain, General Bourk had marched off to the main army with our strongest brigade, that is, one-fourth of the corps, and it was impossible to retrieve him. At 11 o'clock, we began to retreat to Leuven, without losing anything but the many dead and wounded. We withdrew for only two hours on the road to Leuven, and made a hold to gather the utterly exhausted troops. The enemy did not follow. On the 20th, at first light of day, we got up in order to attack the enemy pursuing us, because we had reason to hope that General von Piersch would finally arrive. The enemy had marched away in the night, however. Through an incredibly hurried march, our cavalry caught up his rearguard at Nemours, and, through a daring attack by the 8th Ulan Regiment, seized four cannons. From Namur, from the 21st onwards, we hurried to catch up with the Prussian army, which, since the 18th, had been in a pursuing mode, and we reunited with it between Avennes and Saint-Quentin. From now on, incredibly hurried marches followed, through Ham, Compagne, Martin, Agentoul, Saint-Germain, and around Paris, day and night, till we arrived here, Le Plessis-Piquet. The strain was so unbearable that many people shot themselves in despair, others felt dead. Here on the south side of Paris, which lacks fortifications, the French army placed itself against us while Wellington advanced on Montmartre. Two days of fairly heavy combat with the 1st Army Corps followed for the possession of the village of Yssy, which was taken and held by us. Since yesterday negotiations are in progress, the French army will probably withdraw across the Loire and let us occupy Paris. The monarchs are expected any day in Paris. They have already gathered. That was Karl von Clausewitz's account of the Battle of Vare, taken from a letter to his wife and introduced by the historian Valneur Bellinger, whose work on Marie von Clausewitz is available to order online now. This is Voices from the Battlefield, part of Waterloo Remembered from the Napoleonicist. You can hear previous instalments of the Voices from the Battlefield series on this podcast, as well as an exclusive interview with Vanya on the role of the Prussians in the Waterloo campaign. Stay tuned for more eyewitness accounts from Waterloo over the course of the
0: day.